This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. That's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Bookmarks, a young adult book podcast brought to you by Bookstacked.com. This is episode 26, and episode 26 is all about the brand new Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. We've got that coming up in just a minute, so stay with us. Welcome everybody to our next episode, our latest episode. It's weird to say next episode. <laughs> I hate doing the beginnings because I feel I feel like I'm so awkward. <laughs> Which you would think after 26, 25 episodes, I would be better, but uh, no. <laughs> um, welcome everyone to our new episode, our latest episode. Uh, we're talking about the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer, the brand new one that just came out, uh, Comic Con. I think it's been a week now since it came out. Yeah, I yeah, I think so. Yeah, and a bit, a bit over a week if you're listening to this, because this is coming out a few days later. Um, but yeah, we're excited to talk about The Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, our Wizarding World episodes are always like our most listened to. That and like the the random one about Janine's box and Insurgent, <laughs> <laughs> which was our very first episode. I guess that's not that random. People probably like, oh, I I wonder- it. yeah, they're probably like, I'm going to listen to the very first episode, you know, which just kind of sucks because we really didn't know what we were doing back then. So <laughs> um, we're a lot better now. Anyway, yeah, so we're excited to talk about Crimes of Grindelwald. But first, before we get to that, let's go ahead and introduce everybody who's here today. So first we have Addie. Hi, guys. And Michael. Yeah. And myself, Saul. So yeah, kind of a small panel, but there's not like too much. Well, I guess there is a lot to discuss because the trailer... The trailer had a lot of stuff in it, so um, yeah, I don't, I don't quite know where I'm going with that. <laughs> um, One topic, a lot to talk about. Yes, yeah, single topic with a lot to talk about. That's that's the best way to put it. But let's go ahead before we get into that. Let's talk about let's do our like segment. What have you been reading? What what have you guys been reading? Anything good lately? No, no, <laughs> I haven't. I've been, I mean, if you want to count like job interview like descriptions and stuff. I mean, I doubt you want to count that in, but that's what I've been reading lately. Hey, that's important because you have to have a job to have money to buy books and read books, uh, right? Yeah, I'll tell that people if they're not hiring. <laughs> <laughs> of course, if you don't have money, you can always go to the library. Just don't pirate your books. Well, that was the big issue, too. That's the big issue. That we could do a whole podcast on that, honestly. I can't believe we're still having that conversation in 2018 that stealing is bad. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm not going to get political, but just look what's happening in the world right now. 
it's just that was the I was the big topic uh, this week. Last, yeah, last week in the YA world, um, which we could do a whole podcast on that probably, but we're not going to do that today. We're talking Crimes of Grindelwald, but yeah, don't go get a library don't card. Don't steal your books. Just, just don't, please. Anyway, Michael, what have you been reading? I, I've actually been reading a, an advanced copy of a book that's coming out in September called My Real Name is Hannah by Tara Lynn Massey, I think her name is. Oh, okay. It's, it's set during the, the beginning of World War II, and it's about this 14-year-old Ukrainian girl, Ukrainian Jew, who's kind of having to deal with living town that's on like a shifting border. So like every couple of weeks or months, a different country like takes this town and she's just kind of having to deal with being 14 and like the war starting and it's kind of i don't know if you've read the book thief but yeah it's kind of kind of hits a lot of the same beats as that it's kind of just like a young girl kind of having to juggle with all these kind of her life changing and the whole world changing so right Quite a heavy book, to be honest. It's quite. Yeah, but I feel like those books can be really intense, but also very important to read. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I I think last time I mentioned that I was reading Children of Blood and Bone. I finally finished that one, and I liked it. I didn't love it as much as I was hoping. <laughs> I don't. There's just always that risk when things are so hyped up, you know. But I thought it was very well done. Um, I'm excited for the next one. So, and then I read. The Knife of Never Letting Go, which is an older book by Patrick Ness. Yeah. Tom that. Holland and Daisy Ridley are starring in the movie. So yeah. uh, that was great. And I listened to the audiobook on that one, too. And the the accents and everything. I don't know who does it, but he even like sings and everything. So they pull out all the stops. So, yeah, I highly recommend the audiobook. And... That must have been like, in the audiobook. Because like, in the actual books, there's like pages that are just kind of like scribbled writing like, over the whole Right. Book. How did that I... work? I, yeah, because I have the printed one and I saw that. I think in those segments, they kind of like did an interesting effect where they had someone read, like, or I go against the narrator, the guy who did the audiobook, read all the different lines and then they like edited it. So they were kind of like all on top of each other and like echoing and stuff. So they kind of did a bit of sound effect, which is kind of cool. I, I really like it when audiobooks kind of take that extra step and do something yeah. like that because it is, in a way, a different medium. And so it's kind of cool, like if they can embrace that a bit. So, yeah. In that book, in particular, noise is such a, an important part of it, you know. So. Yeah, such an important part of the story, isn't it? Like... Yeah. So good. I, I recommend that if nobody's ever read that, um, which probably a lot of people have because it's an older one. Um, I just hadn't picked it up yet, but yeah, that's what I've been reading. <laughs> And then before we jump into the, the discussion about Crimes of Grindelwald, just wanted to give another reminder. Uh, we mentioned this in the last episode, is we do have a new podcast called About the Author. And not going to talk too much about it. It's just an author interview podcast, highly produced. It's got like music and stuff. And basically, I just ask authors to share their life story. And it's gotten really good response so far. Like right now, it's featured on, in the On the Rise section of anchor.fm's app which if you haven't heard of anchor they're like becoming the youtube of podcasting if that makes sense to anyone like if anyone's listening and likes podcasts i mean if you're listening you probably like podcasts <laughs> but like if you uh like ever wanted to start your own 
check out anchor.fm because uh they do it for free and i don't know if anyone remembers like life before youtube <laughs> but back in the day it used to be impossible to put video on the internet you had to pay so much money and then youtube came out and it was free and anchor is kind of like that with podcasting right now because it costs like we pay to put this podcast out and it's kind of expensive it costs about as much as it costs for us to keep the website up. And the website has a lot more content, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, it's cool that they that this website's out. So definitely shout out to them uh, if anybody's interested in starting their own podcast. Okay, sweet. So let's go ahead and talk about the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. Like uh, we said before, this trailer was just released last week at Comic-Con in San Diego. Which, leading up to it, there wasn't, like, an official announcement, like, hey, we're doing Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. I think WB just had a panel that they labeled, like, movies or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody knew that this was coming. So, we were pretty excited. We were ready for it. And then it finally came out, uh, I think it was Saturday morning, right before noon. And so, yeah, I think I just kind of wanted to start with what were your guys' general thoughts and impressions about the trailer? And then we can, like, dump dive into... Uh, the specifics. I think, kind of, as you were saying earlier, like the trailer kind of showed a lot. Like I wasn't expecting it to show so much. I was quite surprised at just constant stuff happening, stuff happening, stuff happening. I thought. I feel like there were a lot of like Easter eggs in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I was excited about that, and I was also just overall like, I'm pretty sure the listeners know what gift I'm talking about. Where it's a uh, Jonah Hill, and he's just like shaking his head, like waving his hands around. That's that was like that was my reaction to this. I mean, not really because I was baking, but um, I was super excited. I was kind of squealing like I did when I used to do, watch the Harry Potter trailers on TV when I was like ten. Uh huh. I'm like super excited for it. Yeah, I was surprised by how excited I was because I think I mean we've talked about Fantastic Beasts before. And I liked it, but it felt very average of a movie to or me. underwhelmed. Yeah, I was just a bit underwhelmed. And so I think I kind of like lost some of the excitement. But then when I watched this trailer, I don't know. There was something about it, the music or what. Um, it looks very action-packed, kind of like what Michael was saying. There's like a lot going on in this. I just got really excited all of a sudden. And I was like, yes, it's time to go back to Hogwarts. <laughs> It's time to go back to the Wizarding World and also Paris. Like, who doesn't love Paris? Right. right? Well, there are people out there who don't. Well, we don't talk about them though. But, <laughs> um, well, it kind of it was very visually similar, uh, similar to like the original Harry Potter films. Do you think, like, compared to the first Fantastic Beasts film, which was all kind of like new and different, like New York in the twenties, whereas this one had a lot of like Hogwarts and a lot of that kind of looked similar i feel like people were skeptical of the first one just because they're like oh it's kind of like a money grab thing and there it's too much i feel like like, that was why a lot of people were underwhelmed by the first film fantastic beasts and i was definitely excited yeah well i think too that's a good point that it kind of felt like the Harry Potter films in a sense, because especially when you get later into the Harry Potter films, like there's like that one bad guy. <laughs> the trailer's always about like the threat that yeah. that Voldemort is posing, you know? And this is similar in that sense, because now 
I remember going at least especially before all the stuff about like Johnny Depp being cast and Grindelwald, like there were hints and everything. But in the very beginning, we were like, what's the conflict here? Like, what is the big thing that's happening? And um, now we know, right? It's, it's stop Grindelwald and catch Grindelwald. And we, we know where this is leading. And so being able to see that sort of in action in the trailer, uh, I think that was pretty cool. And, and it was very reminiscent of Harry Potter in that sense. We know, yeah, we know what the end game is, obviously, to defeat Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. As, uh, whereas in the first film, we had not, we, we didn't know. Yeah, exactly. We didn't quite know where, where it was all going to go. And you mentioned, Addy, that there were, like, Easter eggs and stuff there. Was there anything in particular that stuck out to you that, that you like the Like the first one where it's, like, young Newt and Dumbledore, I'm like... Did we just flash back to Prisoner of Azkaban? Like, yeah. I'm like, people were like, oh, what scene is? I'm like, the freaking dinosaur dragon skull, like, skeleton is hanging. What do you mean, what classroom is this? Like, that's like a dead giveaway. At least uh-huh. for me, it was. So, like, that was like, I saw that scene, and I'm like, it's Harry Potter number three. Like, uh-huh. just, my mind just like went there instantly. Yeah, it's like it's the exact same bogger even, too, because it's like in the same cupboard or cabinet or whatever it is that they it comes the out wardrobe. of. The wardrobe. Yeah, the wardrobe. It's the exact same prop and everything. Same setup, um, but this time it's with like hot Dumbledore <laughs> instead of Remus Lupin. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about that, Michael? Um, and like the the uh, the Bogart scene, and yet seeing young Newt. I thought it was really interesting. Like, I wasn't expecting that either. And like as I was saying, it was kind of like it did feel a lot like Prisoner of Azkaban. Like that scene, it was almost like shot for shot the same. Like the camera panning down from the top, and then like that. So it does kind of make me a little bit more interested to see how they're going to do like the young Newt stuff. Like I don't know if that's just going to be flashbacks or if there's going to be a lot more emphasis on. Maybe like a young Dumbledore and Grindelwald slash old Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much in the past they go to because there were a lot of hints in the first movie about past and stuff. Like you knew Newt had some sort of friendship or relationship with like Bell- that Bellatrix, Leto, Leto Lestrange, not Bellatrix, Leto Lestrange, um, and his brother. Yeah. The, the, there's a bit about his brother so yeah i think we're gonna see a lot more of the past and it was cool to kind of catch a glimpse of that and i don't know who they cast as new as like young newt but he seriously looks like a younger eddie redmayne in my yeah, opinion. i was trying to figure out if it was just like movie magic to make eddie redmayne look younger or if it was actually oh, no. i didn't even consider that but i think it's a different actor it is a different actor it is yeah they did a good job like uh, i always like it when they do that uh, and just the younger actor matches almost perfectly the the adult actor. Yeah, it's crazy. Unlike that movie Seventeen again, where you have like Zac Efron becoming <laughs> Chandler. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to bring that up. It never made sense to me. He's Zac Efron when he's younger, and then he's all of a sudden like Chandler from Friends when he's older. I can't remember the name of the actor who plays Chandler. Yeah, Matthew Perry. Yeah, Matthew Perry. Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't. At least here in Fantastic Beasts, like, they got it down. I really liked that. Also, I think it's funny that Newt's bogger is, like, working in an office. 
writing desk. Yeah, an office job. Um, but you mentioned something else too, Addy, how people were kind of freaking out about the classroom and stuff. There was like all this controversy about Dumbledore being a defense against the dark arts teacher. Yeah, because because canonically, uh, J.K. Rowling said that he taught transfiguration. Right. That's very well established in the books. Yeah, and according to Pottermore as well. But apparently in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Jude Law said that at this point in time, Dumbledore wasn't teaching Transfiguration yet mm -hmm. at this stage. And people just kind of like lost their minds. <laughs> I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. Like Snape subbed in for Lupin. The world did not end. Right. I don't know. We don't have the whole story. So like maybe he started as a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Uh, maybe he was just filling in for like a year or so. I don't know, and and maybe J.K. and maybe it just comes down to J.K. Rowling's revising the canon a little bit. Uh -huh. Like, who cares? I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be insensitive. Sorry, what was the, that, Michael? If it fits the story, like, I don't yeah. really care that much either. Like, I mean, it's not changing like what happened like the first seven Harry Potter books. Yeah, it doesn't affect it that much. It's just a minor detail, more or less. Yeah, that's. I agree. And just, and I think it's not erasing anything. Like, I think he's still going to be the trans transfigurations. I almost said transformers teacher. <laughs> that would be an interesting one. <laughs> I think he's still going to be the transfiguration professor. Like, you know, yeah. I, it's but just I mean, in this moment he isn't. And it's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, and it does make sense. I mean, to play it, to make him be the defense against the dark arts teacher in the flashbacks in Fantastic Beasts kind of makes sense because it sort of leads up to his interest or his, well, yeah, his interest in the dark arts, which is what Grindelwald is essentially trying to master, if that's the word. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it does make sense within this timeline. So it's not an issue. Yeah. Well, and then I think, too, like, Dumbledore's supposed to be this very accomplished wizard, you know? It makes sense that he would have, like, dabbled in a lot of different subjects and fields, in my mind, for in order for him to get to the point where he is when Harry Potter finally meets him and stuff. So. And, like, what age is Dumbledore as well? He's, like, 150 or something? It's, it's like, over 100. I don't remember what it is exactly. Yeah. But yeah. It's not as if he was going to teach, like, the same class for, like, 100 years. Like, I'm sure every couple of decades he decided to go in. Because I mean, he by 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 the time of Harry Potter, he was easily over a hundred. Because according to Pottermore, he was born in eighteen eighty one. Yeah. So it, yeah, I think that's a good point too, Michael. Like, <laughs> the exact, unless your professor is Professor Bins, is that the name of the ghost? Yeah, the history <laughs> professor. <laughs> he just like died, and one day he still just went to work. <laughs> um, yeah, that was boring. One hundred and fifteen at the end. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just feel like people took it really out of like, they just blew it out of proportion. And yeah. I kind of understand why, like, too, because I think Cursed Child left a lot of bad, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And so uh, people are kind of very protective of the canon and what it is. But um, I, I'm just not too bothered by it. I just, I, I don't know. If It'll, you're be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. And if any of our listeners have like a different opinion of that or I don't know if they feel the same way, like, feel free to, to talk to us, let us know, um, you know, go to bookmarkedshow.com, go to the contact form on the bottom of the page. Uh, yeah, we'd like to hear what you have to say about that. But in, I think 
yeah, we're okay with it. It's not, it's not the end of the world. So. But I do have to ask, because like, as the trailer goes on, then you see like Dumbledore talking to Newt, and he's like, it's almost like a Mission Impossible type of thing. <laughs> he's like, you know, we got to take Grindelwald down, but I can't be the one to do it. You have to do it. It's kind of reminiscent of the Harry Potter storyline as well. Like, Dumbledore can't be the one to take down Voldemort. It has to be Harry. Right. And I think we know why Dumbledore... I think we have at least an idea why Dumbledore doesn't think he can be the one to take down Grindelwald. Because we know that they have, like, a past and everything. And so I don't think Dumbledore wants to get tangled in that again. But um, why new? Like, does Dumbledore not have any other friends? <laughs> <laughs> I have this very good question. Should ask Jude Law that next next uh, Comic Con. <laughs> it's just one of those interesting things. Like, what qualify? Like, I'm not trying to put Newt down <laughs> or anything, but it's just like, why? Why does he think that Newt should be the one to do it? Or maybe it's in consequence of what happened in New York. Like, maybe he's thinking you already had a run in with him. Uh, I'd like you to be the one to yeah. go after him you know i don't know if you guys have any theories or thoughts on that I I mean, maybe need to have more than just new though like maybe it could have some kind of like army pardon the pun like like dumbledore's army <laughs> so you think dumbledore is maybe like reaching out to a lot of different people and asking for help and it's just one of them yeah, well, I think like that's what he, like should be doing. Like, I don't know if that's going to be what it is though. You can't just decide like the one because how many people did it take to stop Grindelwald in the first film? Like, there was a lot of them. Yeah. Subway, so it's like you would imagine that he's not just picking Newt and saying, "Right, off you go." There, you <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. So then, who else would Dumbledore put in his like? League of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Nicholas Flamel, you know, because we know he's going to be in this movie. He yeah. even makes an appearance in the trailer, so maybe he's part of this. Uh, do we know of anyone else? Or are we going to see, like, a young McGonagall? I don't know, but that would be cool. But I think she just probably time to, like, stuff it, and she'll take care of Hogwarts while he does that. <laughs> I, feel like she, I feel like she wouldn't be like, yes, let me go for that. Yeah, but that's an interesting thought. Now it's got me thinking, like, who who is Dumbledore reaching out to? Who else is there? You know, the thing is, we don't know that many people in the magic in this version of the magical world who he could reach out to because he said doesn't have any other friends. Yeah, it's interesting. I I I guess we'll get all the answers when we see the movie. But you know, the the trailer asks poses a lot of questions, and so that's just one of them. But I think okay, this was like the biggest shocker I think for a lot of people. The next. (laughs) I think you're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving on to like the next portion of the trailer. Um, the fact that it's not wool, a pair of woolen socks. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it in one section, Dumbledore is looking in what appears to be uh, it's almost surely the mirror of Erised, and Grindelwald's like looking back at him. It's just like, um, and I think it was like really shocking to a lot of people to see that. I don't know. What did you guys think when you saw that? I literally thought that's not socks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like that's where my mind went. But I'm like, wait, that's stupid. I'm like, no. I'm like, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know why that would be his because you know we always assumed that he, uh, when he looked into the mirror, he saw his family. Yeah, that's what I always assumed. So I mean, I always figured that the, the whole thick woolen socks parts was a lie for Harry. I'm not sure if they're just kind of like adding that in, like as almost as a response, because like I think Jude Law mentioned, like that they weren't going to explore yeah. Dumbledore and Grindelwald's past. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's been kind of like added in as a response to the negative reaction to that news, or like if that was just like a ploy to make people think that they weren't, and then they are going to go into that kind of history, but. Yeah. yeah, that occurred to me too because I think it was David Yates who said like, yeah, they, where there's not going to be any explicit mention and people were really upset about that. Um, I did wonder that too, like did they afterwards go and add that bit in maybe? Um, but also, I think it could potentially set up for like a really sweet character arc for Dumbledore. Um, because yeah, when in Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, whatever it is, depending on where you are when he looks in the air in the mirror, like Addy mentioned, he says socks, but it's pretty obvious. It's not socks. I think even it mentions like Harry didn't believe him. And we've always assumed it's his family, like his sister and everything. I wonder like if they're going to do this thing where like, you know, in this movie we see that he it's Grindelwald, but then maybe like at the end of the series, he looks back and it is his family, you know, and it just kind of shows like the change in, in his character throughout these films. That'd be interesting. I'm kind of wondering as well, like, has Grindelwald always looked like that? Like, like the crazy hair and, like, the right. eyes and stuff? Because we, we see a little bit of him in Deathly Hallows. It's um, kind of weird to think that, like, just got paid just the, the shot of, like, that scary-looking man standing over Dumbledore's shoulder, and it's like, that's, that's what you desire? Like, that's... <laughs> that's I think weird. that was what everybody's reaction must have been. Like, that's what you want? <laughs> That's true. I mean, we can go into that. I, I included that in the Google Doc is Johnny Depp, but because I think it's more of the look, right? It's not so much. If you've read Deathly Hallows, you understand the connection that those two had. Um, but just Johnny Depp and the whole look and everything. I, yeah, I think that. I mean, that. I think for for me, that will forever be an issue. The fact that you know Johnny Depp is known for taking these characters and going. Like, not the extra mile, but, like, three extra miles <laughs> <laughs> out there and beyond. And that was my fear for when I heard he was being cast. I still don't agree with the casting. But I just feel like, I don't know, it's just... The, I mean, you can look evil without it being too much. And I feel like it's just being a bit more exaggerated. My fear is that it'll be even more exaggerated if he continues to appear in the next three films. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. I mean, he mostly looks the same as he did in the first one, though, right? Well, to me, he looks paler and bleached, blonde eyebrows. I don't think he looked at that. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i looking at a screenshot uh-huh. where, from the trailer, where he tells Newt, do you think Dumbledore will mourn for you? And it looks it looks like a video game screenshot. <laughs> there are a few moments in here that look like video games <laughs> to me. But I was going to point those out later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just there's just so much with Johnny Depp. He's just, it, it's definitely a mixed reaction with Johnny Depp. And I think it'll continue to be a mixed reaction. To be honest, I don't think it'll get no, better yeah. or worse. 
I think you're exactly right. It's just, I don't know. There's just so much baggage that comes with him. Like, first off, it's like you said, he's like known for his particular types of characters. And again, I go back to, I think I said this in our review for Fantastic Beasts. Like when you see him come up on screen, it's not like, oh crap, that's Grindelwald. You think, it's, oh, it's Willy oh. It's Captain yeah, you, Jack. You think, you think, oh crap, it's Johnny Depp, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like... You don't think, oh my God, it's, you know, the bad guy. You think it's this actor. Yeah, so like there's there's that already. And also the fact that he just seems like, very Hollywood. I don't know. And then, of course, all of like the stuff with the abuse and everything. But even like recently, he got in a scuffle. Like I think he punched someone, like a crew member. Yeah, he's just not having a different just... set. It's just like, dude, you're like under a lot of scrutiny right now. Like, chill. Help yourself. Check <laughs> yourself. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just I'm not too happy with. Yeah, I'm not keen on him. him in this movie. Yeah. I miss Colin Farrell. Like I wish he was in instead. Right? He was great, yeah. And he was lovely with the fans because he was at the LA um, fan screening thing two years ago that I went to. He was, and he was just amazing with all the fans. And I kind of, I, I was really disappointed, to be honest, when I found out he wasn't going to be in the follow-up movies. So I think he portrayed his paper, his, his role as the bad guy in the first film really well. Yeah, I liked him. <clears throat> it's unfortunate, but um, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, we mentioned Nicholas Flamel already. We get we kind of see a little portion of him, and yeah, he's not I, at all who I expected him to be. You know, he reminded me of Luna's dad. Yeah. Oh, he kind of has no. similar. Yeah, costume wise. Yeah, I can see that. Like the hair, like so pale, like the little like. I think it was like a low voice kind of mannerism, kind of like breathy voice. It was just like, okay. It just reminded me of Luna's dad. Yeah. And I like the little scene too that they have with him. With Jacob. And Jacob, Jacob, who's just like this wonderful, wonderful little ray of sunshine. <laughs> oh, Jacob. We all want to be wizards. We all want to be wizards. Yeah. Um, that's a great moment. But yeah, he. I guess I didn't expect that. Like, you know, it's like it keeps him alive forever, but he's still getting like old <laughs> to yeah, the point he's like, where he's like he's still alive, but he's like deteriorating. Uh huh. Which I didn't. I mean, I knew like logically, like the older you get, the more frail one becomes. But I didn't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, how old is he? Like in this film, like he's in his early six hundreds. Yeah, I don't remember so. the timeline, but it's old. <laughs> Because isn't he like 650 or something like Philosopher's Stone? Or something like that? He was aged at least 665. Okay, then there you go. Yeah. So he has to be in his like early 600s. Because Fantastic Beast takes place in the, in the 20s. So. Yeah. Part of me makes me wonder like if let's say you're like are an alchemist like that and you've you have the philosopher's stone and you've achieved like immortality. If you're still gonna get like old like that, you know, like why? <laughs> I don't know if I would still want to be living. No, you know? no, my question is, why would okay, you have all this time? Why don't you like? Why haven't you invented something that will keep you like physically yeah. well? Like, you need to find like... Rapunzel and like seeing her to her hair or something, <laughs> you know? In Albania or something. <laughs> But yeah, um, but he's, I'm ex really excited to see his role in this. And 
I think I've mentioned before, part of me wonders if like Grindelwald is mistaking the Philosopher's Stone as the Resurrection Stone. I feel like that might play a part of it. Yeah, because I'm just wondering why why they're in Paris. And yeah, that I think that would that could explain it. And we're seeing a heavy emphasis on the Deathly Hallows once again. Yeah, I mean we know I mean the trailer shows that Grindelwald has the wand. So just just interesting. I'm excited to see how the Deathly Hallows play a role in this. That's that's one of those things I'm I'm interested in seeing. There was also, also oh sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Sorry. Oh, also a fear because we know that Credence is in Paris, and we see that there's like a big emphasis in like the circus, mm-hmm. like life kind of scene. There was a theory going on around on the internet about one of the new actresses that we had no idea who she was. That yeah, she was I think I know where you're going with this. Uh huh. Um, she's in a lot of scenes with Credence. Um, they think the, the theory is that she's some kind of um. Like precursor to Nagini. Yeah. Which would be so interesting. Have you heard this, Michael? This no, theory? News to me. It's called, okay, so it's this thing called Maledictus. Claudia Kim is the actress. That, she, that her character is only known as the Maledictus, which means someone carrying a blood curse. Yeah, so like this blood curse supposedly is it's some sort of curse that makes a person like transform into an animal until they like stay an animal, mm-hmm. you know, until they're like permanently an animal. And yeah, people are wondering if she's Nagini too, because I think in the, in the, uh, the again, that poster that came out with comic con, you see like a snake or something. Yeah. You mm-hmm. see a snake kind of like at the edge of like the four um, like circles on each corner. There's like a little snake, like wrapping around, not continuously, but, yeah, like the inner border around the characters. Yeah, there's yeah. a snake like interweaving and everything there. So it's just a lot of people are like, why is there a snake in here? That's very Voldemort, you know, Slytherin. And uh, people are wondering if it's in reference to this new character who's supposedly like got this disease. And so then everyone's like, oh, she turns into a snake. Then maybe she's Nagini, you know, which again, that would be super interesting. And there's a Lestrange. <laughs> I don't know, like maybe maybe Lita Lestrange, maybe they like adopt her into like their family or something. I don't know, Voldemort. Because that's something I've never even considered. Where did Voldemort get the snake? Like did he right? just go to a swamp and find it? I don't We just kind of always assume Nagini was there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's an interesting theory for sure. But speaking of like snakes and how that might fit in, you know, talking about like beasts and stuff, we saw a few different beasts in this trailer. Ah. Um, there were two that really stuck out to me, and this is where it looks very video game like. We have those creepy cat things with those. They look like the hairless cats. Yeah, those things are freaky. I'm, I'm looking at that screenshot right now. I mean, I, right now I'm on Pottermore, so I'm getting all this is where I'm getting all my information right now from Pottermore. But um, yeah, it just makes me not like them even more. I'm a cat person. I have five cats, but this. It just looks creepy. Very video game. Yeah, game. That's, that's my only complaint with it. Like, it looks like a video game. <laughs> like, just the, I think it's the effects. Um, but otherwise, I like the design. They look like something out of Pokemon or something. <laughs> well, we got they look, they look creepy, you know? Yeah, but they look better than the mutts from, from the Hunger Games. Yeah, probably. 
<laughs> it's been a while. I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah, I think kind of overall, like the kind of like Fantastic Beast thing is, I'm kind of wondering, is like the whole series just going to have like these random Fantastic Beasts showing up just because it's called that? Like, obviously the first the first one had a lot of like it was about the Fantastic Beasts and like trying to get them back into the suitcase and stuff, but like as it goes on, like how relevant are the beasts going to be to the series, or is it just going to be because it is? The Fantastic Beast series. Like, that's right. kind of like seeing them made me think. Obviously, this one seems more more about getting new, kind of hunting down Grindelwald. I mean, because oh, sorry, go ahead, Addy. Oh, I was, gonna, I was just gonna say, you know, um, that I think they made a big deal about you know something about the circus in this film. So I think that's where the Fantastic Beasts might fit in with this film, but. Apparently, the Niffler might have many Nifflers. Oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, supposedly. I'm like, I think they said, um, I don't know if they were joking or not. I think was, somebody mentioned it at Comic-Con that it's possible. The, the Nifflers, Nifflers are multiplying. They might have baby Nifflers. <laughs> um, but to Michael's question, too, I think that's a great point with the circus. That definitely opens up to a lot of different Fantastic Beasts, but... um. I think as long as Newt is around, we're going to be seeing Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Which brings into question how long is Newt going to be around, too, because this is supposed to go all the way, the series supposedly to 1945, which is a long time span <laughs> to cover. I mean, unless there's a time jump in this film. I suspect there's going to have to be some sort of time jump, either within the movies or like between the films, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I feel like if it doesn't happen in the second film, it'll more likely happen in the third film. Just because it's sort of like a halfway point of the five movies. But I feel like, too, wasn't there a discussion or, like, didn't someone suggest, like, David Heyman, the producer or someone, suggest that Newt is only going to be... He's not always going to be the main character? Yeah. But I don't think that necessarily means he's going to, like, kill off or, like, not return. Because, I mean, if, if the thing is about the Deathly Hallows and Grindelwald stretching out for five films, and if, if according to Dumbledore, Newt's the only one who can do it, there's, like, some insinuation, or we can, we can assume that it'll last for the five films. It'll be fun to see where they go with it. Um, and, yeah, if anyone who's listening, you know, we'd love to know what your thoughts are, again, if there was something that stuck out to you in the trailer that we didn't discuss, or maybe you have a question or an answer to a question we, we brought up, feel free to reach out to us again, bookmarkshow.com. There's a contact form at the bottom of the page. Uh, you can get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us through that. So yeah, I think that closes everything we have to say about the trailer. The last thing we just want to go over there is there a couple of new or a few big news items we thought maybe be worth mentioning the first one is that Veronica Roth is back to writing. So that's exciting. Yeah. And it's not going to be a YA series. It's going to be an uh, adult series. Yeah. So that's going to be really interesting to hear. I think it's called The Chosen One. Yeah. This Entertainment Weekly broke this one. And what we know so far, I'm going to read straight from the article. It says um, that The Chosen One tells the story of five friends who saved the world when they were teenagers but now as celebrity adults must face even greater demons and reconsider what it means to be a hero by destiny or by choice. 
So, you know, that could be actually really interesting if she's like exploring the idea and concept, like that fantasy trope of there being a chosen one. Yeah, but we won't know anything until 2020. So, yeah. Well, I think she's just starting because Carve the Mark was a duology, wasn't it? Yes. So, Carve the Mark came out early this year. And that series. The sequel to Carve the Mark came out. Yeah, the Carve the Mark series is over. There's only two books. So, it's Carve the Mark and The Fates Divide. So, that's done. No, this makes perfect sense that this announcement came out now because, yeah, that second book came out, and I know that she was going to be busy with press until the end of June. And so it's now July. If you ask me, it looks like she's kind of put Carve the Mark to the side now. It's over, and she's probably just starting to write this one. So. Probably. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. I, I think Veronica Roth is a very talented writer, and I was pretty – I didn't like Carve the Mark that much. I just – was kind of bored by it and then we've all talked about all the issues with divergent um so like but i think she's like i think she has a lot of talent and so i'm really interested to see very descriptive yeah and i think her characters just stand out yeah so i'm excited to see what she does with this i and if something a bit for an older audience although uh it looks like there's still gonna be kind of like appeal to ya he mentions how these five friends saved the world when they were teenagers. I think, you know, but in, in, the sto- in this story, they're going to be adults. But I think there's going to be a lot of flashbacks, it sounds like, yeah. to their teenage years. So, you know, you're going to get some, a bit of YA in this book, too, it looks like. So then the next couple of weeks, we've got the Darkest Minds movie. So I know Michael's very excited for that one. Yeah, so excited. That premiered on Thursday night. And, like, from what I hear... Obviously, the people that have seen it are maybe a bit biased because it's like other YA authors. I know Lee Bardugo and Victoria Aviard were at the premiere, and there's a lot of fans there. So, like, they all really say that it's good and they really enjoyed the movie. So, I'm happy to see that it's getting like positive feedback. So, and Alex says that she likes it. So, and that's it'll be interesting to see how how it does because there have been a lot of films. But why franchises that have had that first movie come out and then nothing else like fifth wave or um seems like there was another one maybe i'm making stuff up maybe it was just the fifth wave i, no, I think there, there there was another one which we slipping our minds miss peregrines i don't think that's gonna see oh miss peregrines yeah that was ugh, yeah. Really started on that one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting. And, uh, you know, I saw a tweet today, too. I don't remember who tweeted it, but someone was like, you know, go and support. Go and see the movie. <laughs> like, you know, it's a diverse cast. Of, I think uh, it's directed by... Uh, yeah, Jennifer Ewan Nelson is the director. Right. So, like, you know, and it's a YA adaptation when YA adaptations aren't so hot right now. So, you know, yeah. when you go and you see this movie, you're going to be supporting a lot of different people who who can really use it, you know? And so I think we might try to do an episode on the darkest minds. We don't have one set in stone, but I'm probably going to go check it out. It's been a few years since I read the book and I really don't remember it too much, but that could be interesting. And I, and Michael for sure is going to go see it. So oh, yeah. yeah, we might try to do an episode on that one in the next few weeks. Yeah. I think that's everything. Like, yeah, it's exciting. There's a lot of good stuff coming up. So we have what, like four and a half months. A little under five months until Fantastic Beasts 
<laughs> the countdown is on for sure. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone for listening and tuning into this episode. Again, it means a lot when people listen. Um, we had like, I don't remember the exact number. I don't remember. I should have looked them up before <laughs> we started, but we had a lot of people tune into the last episode and it's just, and again, we've had a lot of support too with the other podcasts about the author. So thank you so much for listening and giving us a chance and giving us your time. It's been fun. So until next time, uh, we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye.